How sweet it was last night. National Championship number six. A team of a decade, maybe even a team of a lifetime. A team of a lifetime. OU softball wins National Championship number six last night. But we interrupt our softball coverage to update you. Wins away from Omaha. One. OU baseball is just one win away from Omaha as they take care of business over Virginia Tech today, 5-4. to four. Sooners got ahead early, never trailed in this baseball game, and they are one win away from playing for it all in Omaha. And, and Travis, um, when, when you're in a, kind of an unranked team going into a super regional, you really don't have any of the pressure. The pressure was on Virginia Tech to close this year out, man. You know, they won 34 of their past 40 games. They won 14 to 15 series this year. I think the pressure was on Virginia Tech coming in the Super Regional. But now, buddy, the pressure is really on Virginia Tech in the Super Regional. They got to win back-to-back games over maybe the hottest team in all of college baseball. Right. I mean, what a great time to be uh... – you know, an OU fan. I mean, Diamond Sports are just showing off right now. Truly incredible, but great uh, pitching by Trevin to finish it out. You know, the diving catch, the dramatic finish. Uh, that game had a little bit of everything. And again, like you said, wire to wire. You know, OU just got out ahead early, um, forced the pitching changes. And, and that's the thing in these, in these series, in these big series, you got to have the pitching. And... You know, to to start going through uh, some of their pitching and some of their bullpen right away, it is a good sign, and I'm excited for tomorrow. Yeah, I think we're all excited for tomorrow. That's going to be an 11 a.m. local pitch. I know. I'm rolling my eyes, too. We're all tired of these 11 a.m. start times for football and basketball. 9 a.m.? It's going to be real early, but luckily Circa Stadium Swim opens at 9 a.m. So Nice, nice. Yeah, ni- uh, excuse me, 11 a.m. Yeah, we know what Travis is saying there. He's going to bet on the game, <laughs> and he's going to be in the pool watching it on that massive screen that they have out there in the desert. And honestly, I'd be mad at him if he wasn't doing that out there. I'd say, it's a wasted <laughs> Vegas trip. What are you doing? That's on ESPNU, by the way. 11 a.m. Central on ESPNU. OU wins that. They're off to Omaha for the first time since 2010. And they weren't the best team in the country really at any point this year. And um, there, there, there were definitely some times this year where this team struggled. But all that matters is that you're playing your best ball right now. And I know that we keep talking about that. But that's the real kind of the synopsis of this team is – Their best hitters in the middle of the order are hitting the ball well. They're getting production from the bottom of the order as well. And their starting pitching is is really, really clutch. Um, Kate Horton, he he just got better seemingly. Start in, start out, and now he is performing at a very high level. Great start today from Jake Bennett. Trevin Michael comes in and slams the door down in the eighth or ninth inning. There's There's a reason, Travis, why everyone is picking this team, not everyone, but a lot of people are picking this team to make a deep run in Omaha, and we're seeing it right in front of us. So, I mean, I do think OU has some pressure to close this thing out, but we'll see what Virginia Tech looks like tomorrow with their backs against the wall. But OU continues to strike early in a lot of these games and, and, and kind of start from you know leading 2 nothing when you go into the second or third inning. Right, and I think you mentioned earlier, 
believe we were favored. A lot of people, um, a lot of the experts picked us uh, to get the win uh, in this series against Virginia Tech. And when you look at just the seeds that you brought up earlier, you have your, your nationally ranked seeds, you know, a lot of your a lot of your hosts and things like that. And then Oklahoma, again, no pressure. Go in there. Oh, all the eyes are on the softball team? That's fine. No pressure. Keep the eyes on. It's all good. We're going to just go out there, do our thing, and just keep racking up wins. And and that's what they're doing. I mean, Skip Johnson has these guys dialed in and you know couldn't be happier for him. Yeah. Uh, text line says, love the 11 a.m. start time. Don't have to be nervous all day long. Fair enough. Fair enough on that one. Yeah, I'm a, uh, I'm, but OU's... I'm, a, I'm a very vocal 11 a.m. Uh, guy. I, it, it negatively affects recruiting, obviously, if it's a home game. But away game, you know, 11 a.m. ain't so bad. If you get the win, which Oklahoma often does, then you can relax the rest of the day. You don't have to worry about it. I mean, thinking about right now, we got to watch this game a little bit earlier today, and now Notre yeah. Dame is now up 2-0 on top-ranked Tennessee um, after just hitting a, uh, a two-run shot in the top of the first. So I can do that with knowing OU's got the game in the bag. Fair point. Hey, I was on a uh, Omaha radio show today, and I asked the two hosts, I said, hey, um, it's basically fighting words around here when you bring up 11 a.m. for football games. How do the Nebraska fans feel about uh, 11 a.m.? And I guess the Nebraska fans just, they, they've come to accept it. They're like, yeah, we're in the Big Ten, 11 a.m. games. We don't love it, but yeah, it, it's whatever. I got the vibe from at least those two guys that they don't think or they don't feel like the fan base thinks it's that big of a deal for an 11 a.m. game. So even though Nebraska's hosting the game, it feels like OU fans are the more upset fan base for the early kickoff time. I, I'm a little bit surprised that Nebraska wasn't up in arms about it. I think that probably comes down to, I, I could be wrong here, but I think it probably comes down to a lot of OU fans think we deserve the primetime games because we're Oklahoma. If we're, you know, a, a top five ranked team at the time and, and we're still getting 11 a.m. games, I think it hits a bit different than if you're a, a you know, a three-win team and you're, you're starting to make demands about time slots. That might, be, that might contribute uh, to that attitude. Yeah. Hey, um, I, I just now seeing this, this is from Brian Davis of the Austin American Statesman. Um, because of uh, Cincinnati, Houston, UCF will join the Big 12 in 2023, along with uh, BYU, who's an independent. I guess Brian Davis of the Austin American Statesman says, One high-ranking Texas source tells me now that 2024 is still a more realistic target date for Texas and OU to join the SEC early. So Horn Sooners teams likely going to Provo, Houston, Cincinnati, Orlando in 2023. So we were talking about that a little bit last hour, but it is um, among the biggest news of the day. It's interesting that Texas officials are kind of leaking out that, yeah, we'll do one more in the one more year in the Big 12, and then 2024 is when they roll into the SEC. I haven't heard of, about that, but I'll take Brian Davis's word for it. Yeah, I'm reading the same tweet right now, and that's interesting because I've always been one to wonder why Texas would be in a rush at all. Obviously, early on, the reports were, oh, OU's broke, so, you know, Texas can afford the the buyout, but, you know, OU can't afford it. You know, hey, OU, get your crap together so we can finally move on to the SEC. But you coming off a 5-7 and seven season in which you lost to Kansas – 
and all of a sudden you're in a rush to go to the SEC? I mean, I'm not buying it. I, I mean, I don't. I just, I don't get it. If you can, if you go five and seven in the Big Twelve, that looks like a four-win season in the SEC, depending on how your schedule shakes out. So, if I'm Texas, I'm, I'm thinking 2025 sounds better. If I'm Texas, I'm thinking 2030 sounds better. But that, that's what's kind of shocking to me. But you know, it's, you know, it's these are these are battles for the for the attorneys. You know, not not for. Uh, not for me, for by any means. <laughs> yeah. Um, other big story of the day, uh, again, OU softball wins another national championship. That's number six since the year 2000. And I thought the big takeaway today, uh, Travis, was going to be, you know, Jocelyn Allo hitting two more home runs or T.R.A. Jennings hitting two more as well. It was about the defense last night. The big takeaway for me is they're elite offensively. They're elite in the circle. But they're elite defensively as well. And Jada Coleman, Alyssa Brito, and Grace Lyons showed us that last night. And, and even Talon Snow, who made a really great play, I think, in the second or third to get out of a tough jam. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and we haven't had to see it. That's what's been so interesting is we haven't had to rely much on the defense because the bats have been so good or because the pitching has been so good. So – it's just an embarrassment of riches, and I do agree. When you look at, you know, especially Jada Coleman, what was so funny was, you know, she hits the first one, and you could hear it in the in the replay at the top of the hour. She hits the first one, and or she catches the first one, and I'm looking at Parker going, "Did I need another angle of that? Did she stop a home run? Did she stop her home run? I'm not sure if she robbed a home run or not." And as we're talking about it, the next batter, you know, you know, gets up puts one deep and she reaches over the fence and grabs it and i like i said okay that that one for sure (laughs) right (laughs) so so there's there's no question there so um you know she either she either uh stopped two home runs or one home run but but either way and and just the momentum i mean you, you you think of a game like that the swing right there if she doesn't catch that you know texas goes up four nothing you know, our hitters are still kind of getting used to checks, uh, kind of backdoor curveball. She was sneaking over on that far edge of the plate uh, that we saw kind of take out a couple of hitters early, a couple of our better hitters early. Um, so, you know, you needed the offense to settle in a bit. And if Jada doesn't make that catch, like I said, it's 4-0. But if she does, like she did, not only does that fire up your pitcher, not only does that fire up the rest of your team, but Texas is thinking to themselves, what the hell do I got to do out here to have some success exactly. against this team? I hit it out of the park. It, it doesn't a, it, even matter because their gloves are out there too. It was the biggest play of the game, man. Um, Jocelyn yeah. Allo was the MVP of the tournament, I, I, and I agree with that. Uh, but J, Jada Coleman was the MVP last night. Uh, she, she made the biggest play, biggest plays of the game potentially to help OU win. Uh, two things before we hit a break. Uh, we're going to rerun a Pat Fields interview that we had earlier in the show. Former Sooner Pat Fields, current Stanford Cardinal. Great interview. He's an awesome guy. Uh, the rich could get richer here. Alex Sirocco, who is a uh, – she's in the portal. Uh, she pitched at Michigan last year. She pitched 200 innings for the Wolverines. 25-8 and eight record on the season. 1.71 ERA and 300 strikeouts. And you were telling me she had – 22 strikeouts last year against Michigan State in the game. Is that right? I think we lost Travis. 
but I'm pretty sure that he told get, me yeah, I got you. that 22 yeah, I strikeouts got you. last year against Michigan State. Yep, 22 against Michigan State. Um, in her junior year in 2021, uh, she had that a much lower ERA at 1.06. Um, but she's really what changes, you know, a little bit different than what we're used to in Norman, is she is an absolute strikeout pitcher. Uh, when you watched Kelly Maxwell uh, in, in the uh, uh, tournament, you know, they talked about, man, she racks up a lot of strikeouts. Well, she, the one person behind her in the strikeouts this year um, was Alex Storacco. So um, she was sixth in strikeouts this year, around eight per appearance. To give some perspective, Hope Troutline was the top strikeout uh, pitcher on our staff this year, and she was ranked 42nd. Um, so just another dynamic that Patty Gasso may have at her disposal if Alex does decide to spend her last year as a Sooner. But we've also, again, got Kirsten Deal coming, um, who's the number one ranked player in the 2022 class. Um, and then... We've got uh, we've got just an embarrassment of riches with the four that we've got coming in in the recruiting class, and then adding through the portal. It's when you watch this team, how can anybody watch this team on television and say, you know what, I wouldn't have very much fun playing there. I don't think I'd really enjoy that. Right. Yeah. Um, by the way, uh, one more text. If we can close it out in Blacksburg, I think it will be an advantage in the College World Series to have won the regional and super regional on the road. Most of the rest of the teams in the College World Series will have had all their postseason games at home. Well, I think the hope here, right, is that you bring so many fans to Omaha that it feels like a home game for you up there. Now, Tennessee would bring a ton of fans if they make it to the College World Series, as would Texas as well. But, yeah, the hope, Travis, is that you make it, and it doesn't feel like a road game. It feels like a home game. I'm not sure if that would happen or not, but that's what you'd be shooting for. Yeah, I mean, you're going to look at some of the fan bases that, that travel well. Uh, obviously, Tennessee travels very well. Arkansas travels extremely well um, if they make it. Um, but, you know, after all this softball talk, I would assume, you know, whoever is the closest in proximity to Omaha will end up winning it all because that's what we heard all about uh, the Sooners. So, um, you know, with Oklahoma, with Norman being, what, six and a half hours away from Omaha, I'd have to, I'd have to get the map out and see who we'd have the advantage over. Yeah. All right. Uh, we'll take a break. On the other side, we'll replay our interview with uh, Pat Fields, former Sooner, current Stanford Cardinal, from earlier in the show. I'm live at Westwood Tennis in Norman. Keep it locked on the ref. We're the home of Sooner fans. You reflect on your OU career. You ended in a great way, man, with that defensive MVP in the Alamo Bowl. But as you look back on your OU career, what, what's maybe the thing that you, uh, that, that, that you love the most? Man, I would just say the impact that I made off the field in terms of academically everything I was able to accomplish, walking away with my master's in accounting, and then just some of the stuff I've, I've done in leadership. Um, and then, you know, really, really being embodiment, really embodying, you know, what it means to be an Oklahoma student athlete. I think that's so much more than obviously we win, and that's, you know, what, what catches the news, and that's what's caught on TV. Um, but really just body, embodying, you know, Sooner Magic and all the things that Josie promotes throughout the, the university. I think that's what I'm most proud of, you know, being people uh, noticing me for who I am as a person and as a human being as opposed to a football player. Pat, I appreciate you coming on, man. I think that's a, uh, I think that's a great point. You're a person who plays football instead of a just a football player. So uh, um, 
kind of speaking about being a Tulsa native, uh, like myself, I've known you, you know, since you uh, were, were just a young, young, young man. You're still a young man, but I knew you much younger. You, <laughs> you're an important part of that uh, kind of Tulsa OU connection. Um, acted as kind of a big brother to a lot of those kids. Uh, you look at um, whether it's Gentry and, and RSJ's ages, but even like Jordan Kelly and those kind of guys. Um, why was that important to you to act as kind of a big brother to that, that 918 um, kind of culture? And then who do you think's next in line to kind of carry that torch for the Tulsa area? Man, I think it's just about tradition. You know, you look at the University of Oklahoma, the strongest teams have always been built on, you know, in-state guys, um, whether it's from Tulsa or the Oklahoma City area. And I think the best thing that you get whenever you go to Oklahoma is tradition and legacy. Um, you know, really Oklahoma guys and in-state guys building the program. And obviously being from Oklahoma, that's like our professional football team. So we really take heart in what the university looks like, how it's represented, how we, how much we win by and things like that, and I think really just inviting it as well as seeing, you know, former guys come before me, like such Stephen Parker, Aaron Colvin, you know, Dominique Franks, and, I, and the, Trey Brown, the list goes on. And uh, as for the young guys, it's hard to say who's next because they're, they're way better than us old dudes, man. Uh, I remember, you know, Trey's easily considered one of the top athletes of all time to come out of Tulsa, and then you look at Gentry, you know, he was a national champion in track uh, as a young guy. Jaden just won state the 100 and 200, and he's 6'3", 220. Um, Rob, Rob, you know, he wasn't even much of a football player. Came in, got into the game of football a little bit later than most, um, and ripped it up. So I don't even know where to start at with some of the younger guys. And that's just the ones going to Oklahoma. Um, there's so many at other schools. You know, Dax just went first round. So I don't even know where to start with uh, with who's next. The talent, the talent is unreal. Yeah, I know it, it is, man. I you have an interesting dynamic, though, Pat. Pat Fields is our guest, by the way. Um, in your last game at OU, that you know you had an interim head coach, but not just any interim head coach. It wasn't just some random guy that coached you in your last game. It was Bob Stoops. You're a Tulsa kid. You knew who Bob Stoops was growing up. He was a legend. So, what was that experience like, man? That all of a sudden you've got a new coach for your final game at OU, but it's a guy like Bob Stoops who's in the Hall of Fame. Man, I think it, it just goes – it almost put everybody in the team back in the perspective of being a recruit again. You know, uh, whenever you're a recruit, you're in, you're in such awe of college football, the program, you know, playing for all-time greats like Bob Stoops. And everybody getting experience that one more time, it really just put us back in awe. And everybody – it seemed like that was like the slowest week of the entire year just because it was so much fun. You, you have so much appreciation and respect for, for Coach Stoops. And then, you know, whenever he gets it, he gets on the field with us, you understand why he's great. But I think that just speaks to the legacy and the tradition of the University of Oklahoma. You know, head coaching change, and, and you know, we literally get a Hall of Fame coach to come off <laughs> come off the bench and, you know, lead us to a, a victory in a, in a big ball game. I think it just speaks to the tradition and the legacy of the, of the program. And obviously, you know, um, me, me just looking at my four years and reflecting, I've played with multiple all-time greats. Like, Josie will probably go down as one, as the greatest softball player of all time. If not, it's Lauren Chamberlain. And, you know, both of those are Oklahoma grads. But I was able to go to school with Lauren. I was able to go to school with Maggie. Go to school with so many just different, different, you know, legends in their own right. And I think it just speaks everything about the university um, and what it represents. Yeah, it's uh... – no doubt, you you definitely uh, saw some uh, some legends come through during your time there. Um, 
we we spoke a little bit about uh, you know you going out to California. Um, now, obviously, it's Stanford uh, uh, playing there for the Cardinal. Uh, what's what's the thing you miss most about either the state of Oklahoma or Norman? Not, not specifically, you know, the the football program or anything, but the actual location of uh, um, Oklahoma, whether it be Tulsa or Norman. What do you think? Man, I think it's, it's, it's different. I don't, I don't know. You know, people consider Oklahoma the Midwest, but it, it very much has a southern feel to it. And just, you know, how cool the people are here. Um, everybody is always talking to everybody. You know, you hold the door open for people. They greet you as they walk by. Kind of, you know, that southern hospitality, uh, per se. And then the food, the food is way better. You know, up in, up in California, I mean, you know, spinach and poke bowls and <laughs> all that stuff, man. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's well said, Pat. That's well said. Hey, um, you know, Travis and I were hosting a, a post-game show after the spring game a couple of months ago, and Sterling Shepard comes on with us, and he's like, guys, look, Brent Venables is the right guy for the job. I'm just telling you. Jordan Evans comes on with us, and he's like, guys, I'm just telling you, Brent Venables is the right guy for the job. I, I haven't heard a negative re- review yet, Pat. I, I just haven't. And, and not only that, it just seems like everyone is just all about this hire what reviews have you heard from current players on Brent Venables and this new regime with OU football? I mean, I, every, everything I've said, everything I've heard it aligns exactly with that. And then even just, you know, meeting Coach V and having a couple conversations with them, you know, you understand why he, why he has so much success at Clemson, why he coached multiple top ten defenses. And, you know, you just realize the standard and the expectation that he holds you to. And also he paints a very, big, a very great picture of what it looks like to be elite. And then, you know, showing you the steps to that. And I think, um, obviously, you know, you, you see the tweets, you know, guys dying in workouts from uh, Schmitty and, and guys getting hammered with workouts. But I think that's what makes the university so special is that people are willing to go to that extra degree for success. People are willing to die in workouts, you know, uh, and then come back up again in the afternoon to do footwork or to watch film and just that constant investment into the program. And I think Coach V, he embodies that. And then even just, you know, whenever you'll go meet, meet him, you know, you're talking to him in the weight room. He's, he's banging, you know, 225 on bench press and then chugs the muscle milk right after. You're like, dang, dude, like you lifted more than the players. But I think just the intensity he has every single day, it, it's consistent. You know what I mean? Like he it's never going to falter. He's the same way every single day. And he, he holds himself to a higher standard than he holds the program. And I think that's what you want out of a leader. You want somebody who's going to get in the, in the field with you and, you know, get their hands dirty, and that, that's exactly who Coach B is. Yeah, you mentioned, uh, you know, people getting, you know, bodied uh, by Schmitty's workouts. Uh, I mentioned you, t- you timed your career perfectly between his OU stints. Uh, I like to think that was almost on purpose. Um, but uh, uh, what have you heard from uh, the current players uh, um, on Schmitty's return? Have, uh, have you talked to any of the guys about the summer workouts? Because I know the winter workouts – you know, they pack a little bit of a punch, and I know guys like Jordan Kelly were really <laughs> seeing a lot of results in that, but the summer, as, as Malcolm Kelly said, you know, summer's a way different. So have you heard anything about that? Man, every every single time I, I, I check my Snapchat, you know, I'm getting videos of guys throwing up <laughs> throwing up in the locker room, uh, dying, walking, just falling out. But I think that's what it should look like. You know what I mean? It's a, it's a certain price for greatness, and I think um, – they're paying the price, and that's what makes the school so successful. Because a lot of people, you know, a lot of people they, they don't go through that on an every single day, everyday basis, and I think that's what makes OU so special. But uh, I can talk crap since I never have to do a spinny workout, so I would have dominated. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, there yeah, you right. go, man. Exactly. There you go. Hey, uh, Pat, you mentioned uh, Jocelyn Allo, and you mentioned Lauren Chamberlain uh, a few minutes ago. Probably answers my question, but did you watch OU softball last night? That's the big conversation today. And if you did, what did you think about just the dominance, not only this past weekend, but the entire season from that team? Yeah, most definitely. I've been, I've, you know, been a big softball fan, uh, OU softball fan specifically for a while now. I was actually really close with, you know, Kelsey Arnold, and she had a lot of success there. Um, defensive player of the year, blah, blah, blah. And, I've, I've been a big follower since then, and obviously seeing them build, you know, what, what's you know now considered a dynasty, it's amazing. And I think just being at Oklahoma, you have such a greater appreciation and respect for the softball, <clears throat> the softball ladies because you see them in the weight room just as much as we're in there. You see them always in the facility. You see them, you know, sacrificing time, uh, breaks at home to be up at softball and to be working. And you, you see, and, and I, I just have such appreciation because I saw in real time, you know, what they went through. And, like, you know, girl, ladies like Nicole, Jossie, um, and all the others, what they went through from a day to day. And you see them doing everything that it took to be great. And then, obviously, now they're reaping the fruits of their labor, just want a back-to-back, you know, four, four natties in the past, you know, six tournaments. I think all of this speaks for itself. But I just have such appreciation for those women. I'm just glad I got to – you know, go to school with with some goats, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no doubt you did. Um, you know, speaking of uh, goats, uh, a lot of uh, a lot of those people we try and get to return to the uh, spring game, the barbecue. Obviously, Brent Venables has made it a point to make sure that every former player feels like family. Um, you know, Bob Stoops was saying that as well. You are Oklahoma football. It's it's not one single coach. Uh, it's not, you know, it's it's not the administration, it's not the building, you know, it's not whatever. It is, it's the players. So um, after you wrap up uh, your, your football career, whenever that may be, do you see yourself uh, coming back uh, for spring games in the future? Maybe the champion barbecue, things like that. Yeah, most definitely. I want to be around. I want to be around the program for the rest rest of my life. Um, I think that could look, you know, a couple different ways. Whether it's you know working there later down the line, or, or you know being a donor, or just you know coming back. And, and being around, but I like the program did you know so much for me. Literally changed my life, and I can't um, say enough about you know Josie, Zach Salmon, you know Dr. Surratt, everybody, and then football. Even just outside of football, everybody at the university that does so much for you know the football program. So I feel forever indebted to them, and I'll, I always want to be a part. Hey, last one. Um, talking about your current stop here at Stanford, I'm curious. You know, David Shaw's had a lot of uh, success out there at Stanford. What's he won? I think three uh, Pac-12 titles. He's won the North five times since he's been there. Um, tell us a little bit about David Shaw, what he's about, and, and what you really like about him as a football coach. Yeah, and I, I think it's just you know being around being around greatness. Like you said, he, he's very well accomplished, and also you know you get a little bit of a different perspective than Coach Shaw. You know, most most football coaches they may be a little bit more aggressive, more vocal, more you know bark a little bit more. Whereas Coach Shaw, you learn how to be a lot more composed, a lot more reserved, and, and you know maybe don't act so so quickly off of you know your feelings and emotion. Be more strategic about what you're doing. But everything you know just. You know, Coach Shaw, he's been a, a heck of a head, head coach for me just so far. You know, he sat down in meetings with me, talked me through um, offenses and the, the purpose behind, you know, them lining up in these specific formations, why offenses do things that way. And you just get to, you know, be taught the game from a very high level, um, 
high high football IQ, and it's just like wow. Because one, I, I I didn't know um, obviously a lot of these things like the ins and outs of, from an offense perspective, but the ability of Coach Shaw to just break things down um, and and be able to teach it is is the greatest thing. You know, obviously it's one thing to be that smart, but actually be able to teach it to your players so they can retain the information themselves and elevate their game. Um, that's a whole another thing. But I, I you know I appreciate you know being around him. Uh, he, it's crazy because he, he's he's way more reserved than what I'm used to. I'm used to you know getting barked at. Uh, but, you know, Coach Shaw, Coach Shaw does a very great job of what he does. I think the the future success and, and his past success will, you know, put him in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, awesome stuff, man. Hey, Pat, uh, I, I know I speak for everyone, man. We're all rooting for you out there at Stanford next year. Uh, go have a great season uh, up there in Palo Alto. Go kill it. Go win a Pac-12 championship. We're all rooting for you. And uh, way to represent yourself the right way here at OU, man. Yes, sir. I appreciate y'all. Y'all have a blessed day. Yeah, I appreciate you, Pat. I yeah. know all of us have that USC game circle, too, so go ahead and definitely <laughs> win that one. So, uh, you know, for our own reasons. But uh, no doubt, hey, appreciate you coming on. Uh, I'm going to hit you up when I get back to town. Yes, sir. Y'all have a blessed one. All right, final hour of the Friday Rush, taking you into the weekend. A couple more segments left. Keep the text coming on the Air Coverage Solutions text line, 405 651 3439. Tyler McComas alongside Travis Davidson. I'm at the Westwood Tennis Center in Norman. OU softball wins a national championship last night. Now OU baseball wins today at Virginia Tech. Game one of the Super Regional. 5-4 over the Hokies. Uh, what a catch by Spikerman in right field, by the way, Travis, to, to seal the victory. It's one thing that we didn't talk about at the top of the hour. Uh, we're, we're talking about the incredible pitching performance and how OU's bats continued to stay hot. But Spikerman out there in right field, he's been a huge story here the past couple of weeks, and he made a big-time defensive play to seal that game. Yeah, something about uh, something about the OU defense. Venables shows up on campus, and all of a sudden, every program sees an uptick in their defense. I don't know what's going on, but uh, but yeah, big time play, great way to close out the game because you know those those are risky. If you don't knock that down, especially in a one run game, you know that can cost you. So uh, luckily, uh, had the confidence and, and and squeezed it. So yeah, just exciting times, exciting times, especially with Texas going down. It makes it. All the more sweeter. Oh, and uh, I, yeah, did Virgin- have, uh, I did have uh, KREF Stats and Info, uh, a.k.a. Parker Thune, run the numbers, and out of all the teams left in the Super Regionals, uh, Oklahoma is the second closest to Omaha, uh, closest oh. being the Arkansas Razorbacks. So we can at least, uh, at least pencil ourselves in to the uh, final series against them. So good news. Yeah, no, that, that, that is good news. Um, don't expect Virginia Tech just to kind of roll over, though. There's a reason why they're the number four overall national seed. They've won, I guess now it would be 34 out of their past 41 games. It was 34 of 40 coming into today, and they've won 14 out of 15 series. But this is, I mean, I, I'm not some guru on Virginia Tech baseball history. If you want KREF, sports and info to run the numbers on that he is more than welcome to in your vegas hotel room travis um i don't i don't have an extensive knowledge of virginia tech baseball history but i'm going to go ahead and guess that this is probably the best team that they've ever had certainly one of the best and when you're dubbed as that when you have the number four overall national seed like virginia tech does there's some pressure with that there's some pressure to at least make it to omaha now their backs are against the wall and i i, I don't know i just 
you got to feel really good about the way that OU is playing baseball right now and pretty optimistic that they can close the door tomorrow. And, you know, not just optimistic that they can close the door tomorrow, but even in a potential game three. Because I feel like when the if necessary game against Florida happened, there's a lot of people that were like, eh, okay. I've seen this before. I know how this works. You blew your opportunity uh, in, in, in that uh, second game against Florida, leaving the bases loaded in the first. Florida will come back and win this game. I know how this happens. But no, OU comes back and wins that game. I think that there's a confidence now that game two or game three, that OU's in pretty good shape here regardless of the situation to win the series. Yeah, Stats and Info did run the numbers on that, and Virginia Tech has never been to the College okay, World Series. Good. So. Um, yeah, I think I saw a stat across earlier that 80% of the Game 1 winners go on to win the Super Regional Series, which is obviously good news for us. Also, they were hammering that away in the Women's College World Series, saying that 75% of the Game 1 winners win the, um, the, the, the championship. So, it's it's looking good. The stats are in our favor, but you know sometimes you got to throw the stats out when you look at how we played against um, Florida in that closing game. I think you're right. I think they that will give them confidence going forward. And kind of how I spoke earlier about uh, kind of a lot of the attention being on softball. You know they 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 didn't get it. It's it's very much a football driven fan base, so they can kind of do their own thing, lay low, just take care of their own business, everything like that. Uh, Skip Johnson actually got called Skip Jackson um, when, nice. he introdu- when he was introduced uh, in, in, in the press con- post-game press conference. So uh, that even speaks to that. So, um, you know, just keep on, you know, keeping keeping your head down and working and look where it's got him. Yeah, there was uh, the Texas series in Arlington. I think the ESPN crew called him David Pierce, um, the Texas head coach. And he's like, yeah, I'm not David Pierce <laughs> during the interview. So... Yeah, come on, ESPN. Let's uh, maybe try to get Skip Johnson's name right when we when we interview him. He got a chance tomorrow, 11 a.m. on ESPNU. Let's see if uh, ESPN can uh, can get that one right. Um, just for reference, Kendall Rogers before the tournament started picked OU to make it to Omaha all the way to the championship series. 24/7 Sports picked OU to win this series in three games. So when we say that they are the trendy pick. They are the trendy pick right now, and they're not disappointing. I mean, we see it a lot, um, Travis, in the NCAA tournament. I think we saw it with Tennessee this year, right? Well, Tennessee's hot. They won the SEC tournament. They're the trendy pick here to make a deep run uh, come March, come the dance. And, and, and sometimes it happens, but it feels like most of the time the hot, trendy pick going into the NCAA basketball tournament doesn't pan out. OU was the, the trendy pick going into a regional, and, and so far they've lived up to expectations, and – They've done it on both sides, pitching and offensively. It hasn't been just one over the other. They, they've been really good on uh, on both sides of the equation there. Yeah, the growth of the pitching staff, especially as the starters, has been it just absolutely vital to a run like this. Of course, the bats waking up is big, but when you don't have to go to the bullpen after you know three innings, you know four innings, then you know you can you can stretch that all the way out. And where you just see you know you've got your opener, and then you can bring in Trevin late. If you need to, I mean that that is a big time, uh, big time advantage. If you don't just start, you know, just start wearing those arms out, you know, throughout the season. 
Yeah, all right, no doubt. we got one final segment coming up next as we take you into the weekend. It's the Friday Rush live on the ref. One more time, right here on the Home of Sooner fans. All right, final segment of the week. Wrapping it up, Friday Rush, Tyler McComas, Travis Davidson. What a uh, run here recently for OU Athletics, especially with the Diamond Sports. OU Softball wins the national championship last night. Then in case you missed it, OU wins game one in the Blacksburg Super Regional over Virginia Tech, 5-4 to four today. So before we get out of here, Travis Davidson, I am always in the business of predictions. Tell me how the rest of the Super Regional is going to go down. So you just close it out tomorrow and it's an easy 2-0 sweep of Vautech? Or does OU close this game, uh, this series out in three? Or does Virginia Tech find a way to come back and win it? What's going to happen? I think we sweep. Uh, and maybe I'm just, uh, you know, on the, on the vapors of the, uh, of the softball team here. But I think we sweep. I do think Virginia Tech's offense, which is one of the better offenses, one of the best offenses in the country, um, has a little bit more say in it. But I also think that we are able to win 8-7. to seven. Wow. Final score and everything. Um yeah, it's it's hard to pick against this team right now. I'm not going to pick against the hottest team in, in all of college baseball. But I say that they win it in three. I, I think that this series goes all the way to Sunday. And just like that Florida game, OU's got to find a way to win in late the uh, a late-inning situation. But I say that they find a way to do that. So, yeah, man, I, I'm saying, and what a run this would be. OU softball wins the national championship, and OU baseball finds their way in Omaha. And once you're in Omaha, Travis Davidson, um, anything can happen in that tournament. We've seen it before. Fresno State won that tournament back in 2008. Coastal Carolina won that tournament. Um, It's not always the best roster up and down that wins this thing. It's whoever is hot at the right time, and that kind of fits OU right now, the the hot team at the right time. Yeah, and – you know, softball went wire to wire. You know, number one, you know, defending champions, had the target on their back the whole year. Uh, but I believe a lot of people had picked OU baseball to finish fifth or sixth in the Big 12 this year. So for them to be in this position is it's it's gravy. I mean, it, yeah, it is. you're really building something special out there, Skip is. And you would like to think a, a finish like this would provide a bit more momentum uh, going forward, whether that be in recruiting uh, and, and things of that nature. So really just way overachieving from their expectations, at least from what the external expectations for, for this program this year. You could probably get pretty good odds on OU to win the national championship. Why don't you just go throw down uh, 100 at Caesars since you're right down the street from it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, here in a couple minutes we'll be headed over to uh, Circa uh, to their sports book. So, Let's, uh, Is that let's really where you're about to go? Yeah. Seriously? Absolutely. Oh, man. God. Oh, man. All right. Good for you, oh. man. Hammer down on OU over eight and a half wins, please, in football. Oh, it's, fr- it's free money. It is free money. Hey, man, um, have fun out there. Safe travels back. I'm on vacation all of next week, so I'll catch up with you in what? Two weeks' time? Dang. Uh, But, yeah, man, uh, yeah, 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 have fun out there in Vegas. And uh, thanks to everyone for all the interaction today. Congrats to OU Baseball, 11 a.m. on ESPNU. We'll talk to you Monday. It is the ref. We're the homeless Sooner fans.